We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Corner Podcast. I'm Kel Dansby. And it's your boy, Andreas Hill. And we are at the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino in Vegas right now. We just got finished with the UFC 195 Media Day, Carlos Condit versus the champ, Robbie Lawler. And that's going to be a crazy fight in January. Yeah, it is going to be real crazy. UFC is about to pick up, but we got other things to talk about this week, We bro. do, we do. Uh, we got... Some good boxing to talk about. Your boy Triple G came through and delivered. We have WWE to preview and to talk about. But first, I really want to start off with this Drake video. Why? Because it's crazy. And everyone's like, yo, look at how he dances. There's a million memes. I dance like that all the time when I'm drunk. I'm mad that I don't get the recognition I deserve. I've been dancing like that. Yo, I was saying yesterday that people were writing thought pieces on, like, the video and how it t- stole from, the, you know, drums, cha-cha. I was like, come on, man. Like, we put way too much thought into this. Like, let Drake live. No one he's cares be- about a video. He, he steals half his stuff anyway. Well, I don't even care. He's being goofy. He's being Drake. I, I had no problem with the video. No, I don't. I thought it was dope. I yeah. thought it was cool. There's a million people who've made videos like that before. I mean, it looks like the stupid NSYNC video with a box. It looks yeah. like... Uh, the Sean Paul video back in the day. It looks like all that. Who cares? Nah, I, I thought the memes were funny with the Bill Cosby music. I thought that was hilarious. But overall, I mean, Hotline <laughs> Bling was like the joint of the summer pretty much. And it's funny that it's getting so much attention now. When yeah. The song, when the song came out several months ago, and when we originally heard it, nobody, you know, gave it this much, you know, of a problem thinking about, you know, it's stealing from Cha-Cha. Like, I don't, I don't care. Drake just makes good music. Well, this is the most the Cha-Cha dude has gotten mentioned in months, so... 
ride yeah. the wave, put out a dope single, and, and be thankful. It helps him more than anybody else. So it it's really like <laughs> anything negative that he got to say, he might as well just chill, just soak it up, be like, hey, smile like you did in the cha-cha video, and make some more music because your career, your, your 15 minutes are about up. Word. Drake is elongating that. Um, outside of that, what else has happened before we dive into wrestling? Uh the Lamar Odom story kind of took a turn while we were here and covering this. Yeah. He got Chloe back. And well, James Harden is sad. Like, they've called off the divorce. Chloe's going back. I, I don't understand any of this. And at this point, now I don't, like I've said before, like, I don't want to see him do any of this in public. And if he's with Chloe, it's, it's public. It's public, and it's going to ruin him better, more than it's going to make him a better man. I just don't understand how you take a weekend bender on drugs publicly get outed for having like a 48 hour orgy with prostitutes and then get your wife back from it like that's backwards logic but he's winning right now right no he's not it's like a made for tv movie like him getting chloe back is going to ultimately destroy this man like he can't rehab in the public eye the cameras are going to follow him everywhere there's nothing he can't go on benders anymore the cameras are going to be following him so if this is what he's going to do you're making a conscious decision that you're pretty much going to ruin the rest of your life because there's no rehab coming back from this. I don't well, want to see There's him. no. There's only one more step. I mean, he almost died now. It, one that's more step saying. and it's death. Like, that's the furthest he can go next. So, ultimately, you got to say it's, it's going to be about the money. It's all about the money. I mean, I don't care how him and Chloe's relationship really is behind closed doors because there's no such thing as behind closed doors when you're a Kardashian. Never. Everything's in the light. So, this, I'm, I'm completely frowning upon. You know, I, I want Lamar to get the help he needs, but... The Kardashians aren't going to give you the help that they, you need. They're enablers. You know, at the end of the day, this is going to ruin them. James Harden's feeling like Rusev right now. Yeah, He's he just surely, lost in the world. Like, just is. lost his girl right before the season. Man. He's yeah. somewhere right now listening to a lot of Drake. Yeah. Wishing his hotline right. will bling. He, he'll be all right when the season starts. Nobody's worried about him. Nah, he spends the money. He's in Houston. A yeah. couple strip clubs. He bounced right back. Yeah, he'll be fine. As long as he's got the beard, he's good. He loses the beard, it's over. Oh, he's a goofy dude without the beard. So, uh, yeah, that's what's happening around us in, in sports and music. It's kind of the big stories. But let's talk wrestling because that's our big story this week. Finally, we're getting to Hell in a Cell. Yes. And I've been watching, like, old Hell in a Cell matches all week. And I've been making my girlfriend sit down and watch with me. So she's, like, catching up on all the Hell in a Cell stuff. And uh, she was hyped off of it, actually. Uh, the Shawn Michaels match kind of made her a little weird with all the blood. Yeah, but she liked the Mankind Undertaker getting thrown off of the cell like first three minutes. Right. right. So I've uh, been catching up on all that. Do you think this weekend lives up to all of that? Um, no. And so I have this thing. Like, we'll talk about Raw in a minute, which Raw was really strange. Like, really, really strange. They, there was no real build to, to Taker Lesnar. Um, it was just Kane, a retread of well, Attitude Era on the people. Show. Like, it was, it was a strange Raw show, but... This Hell in a Cell match, I can't see it being that physical unless Undertaker is going to kill himself in that ring. No, yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I, it'll be like a normal match with just the Cell hanging over them. But that's why I think we get two Hell in a Cell matches because I think Bray and Roman can steal the show in that Cell. Because I, mean, I can see Bray getting thrown off of the top of the Cell or Roman spearing him through the Cell door outside or something crazy, you know? I can see that happening in that match, and they don't care. They're young enough. They'll put their bodies on the line. They'll give that show, and Roman's only getting better and better, and he's pushing the limits and limits, and he wants that belt. Like, he wants what the WWE wanted to give him, and he wants to earn it, and I think he's working his way towards that. So I think if any match lives up to the bill, it's their match. 
you know, to be honest, the, the match I'm looking forward to the most is the open challenge. Like John Caesar's having an open challenge at Hell in the Cell. Just because you think Big E's coming out. Well, I, it doesn't. It doesn't even matter. I think a title change is going to happen. And with John Cena taking off, I want to see who it's going to be. And I think I'm a little. I'm very curious of how they play that one out. As for everything else, um, I is Ziggler in Ziggler's a match? In, he's in a six man. Oh, with, so everyone's pretty much in a match. The people who could take the belt are in the match. Seems like it. I mean, it, it seems but you like could double dip, but it's yeah. still okay. I don't know how they play this whole thing out, but let's go, Sami Zayn. Maybe he comes back. I doubt it. Um, but looking at the, the Hell in a Cell landscape and looking at Raw this week, it looks like Seth Rollins will walk away with the title. I, I hope Lesnar wins. I, I don't know I don't know how they play this out because you got to keep Lesnar strong. He's going to disappear again. He won't be back to the Royal Rumble. Undertaker, he'll probably disappear in Mania. Undertaker losing, probably not as a big deal as Lesnar losing. Yeah, I mean, but Taker's on all the promo posters and everything for Mania. So, you know, Taker's going to be back. He's going to wrestle again. This isn't his swan song, so he can't look like he's absolutely destroyed unless you bring him back from the dead again. That's the only thing I could think of. I, I just can't see the way that, first of all, who's the face of who's the heel in this match? No one knows. I mean, Lesnar was the heel on Raw this past week. He played this, the snivelly heel. He jumped up. He left the ring. Taker called him out. Heyman played, you know, the cowardly heel as well. But when this match happens, I think all bets are off. Yeah, because, I mean... Me, personally, I'm tired of seeing old man Taker. <laughs> I, I'm done. Like, I, I'm not rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to get broken in half and uh, just be out. You know, walk into the distance, fade away. There's plenty of young talent to be displayed, and I don't need another retread. Like, Taker, thank you for what you've done. You and Brock, and with this good saga, I don't even care if he wins clean. I don't care. Just walk away. Be done with it. Let's get Brock into a better angle. Give him someone else. And let's move on. Yeah, I, like I said, the, the build-up to all this, we'll also talk about Brock Lesnar on the Stone Cold podcast, which was kind of weird as a whole listening to Lesnar talk so much. Um, actually, let's talk about it. He seems like a cool dude. I but saw it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. It kind of broke my heart to hear Lesnar say that he basically doesn't give a shit about professional wrestling. Does he? all clocking in and clocking out. Here to collect a check. You know and, why I'm here. <laughs> I mean, it, to hear him say it out loud, it kind of seemed like every time he said something, he kind of looked around to see if Vince or anybody was like, man, what are you doing? But he basically was just like, like when they asked him about why he left with the Goldberg match and how that match played out, he was like, I didn't give a shit. Who's to say Lesnar doesn't do that again eventually? That just gets worn down. Even though his well, part-time I, schedule with full-time pay is beautiful. but I think he noticed, like he had mentioned, like, man, I started training again and want to push my body through a training camp. Uh, when he was thinking about going back to the UFC, he never elaborated on what he felt during that training camp. He said he had started it, and then he took the WWE deal. I wonder if he noticed, like, my body's not built for that anymore. No. I have nothing else to go to. Let me take three more years of money and then walk away and live on a farm and do nothing. Because I think those are his only two options now. Because he is, I think his body didn't respond like he expected it to respond to compete in the UFC. If not, he would have been gone. Well, I think the, the verticulitis took a huge toll on his body. And, you know, he, he said it on the podcast that, you know, if I wasn't sick, I'd probably still be knocking heads today. He knew he couldn't do it. And the deal that Vince put on the table for him, you know, a part-time schedule with full-time cash, you come and go as you please. You don't talk to the boys in the back. You're not even one of the boys. At all. 
Like, you're not even the rock. He's like, a ringer. Yeah, you, you just come in, you, you get your check, you break some people down, you leave. You probably don't even converse with anybody but Paul Heyman. I wonder how they would, like, work out the matches. Because that's another thing I was seeing. Like, he was like, I show up that day, we I do what I got to do, and then I leave after. I'm like, so when do you plan the matches? Like, yeah, when do you run through? Him. How do you even have a back and forth? Does he just come in and say, okay, I'm suplexing you eight times. You're going to let me F5 you twice. I'm out. No discussion. It sounds like, I mean, that's how the Big Show match looked at on the MSG show is that he came in, show was like, hey, so this is how the match is going to go. Lesnar was like, all right, so how many suplexes you want, seven or nine? Show was like, whatever you feel like. It was like, all right, cool, and that was, that was the match. That's it. That's pretty much probably why we don't see the old Brock Lesnar, though. Like, yeah. Lesnar, when he first showed up, had a way more diverse moveset. He can wrestle. He can actually wrestle. Of course. He did a lot of stuff, and now we don't see that, and it's probably a product of him not putting in that time. He's just like, yeah. no, I'm showing up, suplexes or F5s. What do you want? Yeah, he goes that, does that. He goes back home. He goes hunt some people. He, people. People. <laughs> the hey, most dangerous might. game. I don't know. Unless <laughs> it looks like the type to hunt people in real life. <laughs> Lives in seclusion, bangs his wife, drinks Coors Light, and calls it a day. And the podcast is very his wife Sable? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad pull. Nah. I don't know how she looks nowadays, but. Probably ran down, but it's, it's Brock Lesnar. He doesn't give a shit. It's a piece of meat True. at the end of the day. But. Again, like watching that podcast, it made me think about Lesnar as this attraction, and that's all he is is an attraction. You look at guys like Rollins who bleed the business, and it makes me wonder, like, what's the longevity of Brock Lesnar? Is it really worth putting the title back on him anytime soon? No. When you hear his statements, I don't know how you can. He was like, I'm selfish. He was like, The Rock told me to be selfish. Like, he's not putting anyone over. No. And he's fighting to the nail. Like, no, you're not beating me. You're not beating me clean. Taker couldn't even beat him clean. And I'm sure he – that was his biggest compromise. It's like, yep. yo, just let Taker beat you. Yeah, but he was but like, like, okay, but I need an out. I need to give you the middle finger. Yeah, like <laughs> he, has to, he has to tap and then kick me in the nuts, and then I got to pass out. But that's the only way it's happening. Like he had like several outs built into losing. He's right. not losing to anyone else. No. I'd be damned if he loses to Reigns. No, he won't. That won't happen. Rollins will have to cheat every way possible to even get over on him. So I, I don't see him holding a belt because he'll never lose it. To who? Right. What, Daniel Bryan? Like, to him, in his mind, it has to be someone so respected that he can lose and not even lose clean. It's like, so it's pretty much Cena beats him or no one beats him. Yeah. And that's only because he's known Cena since way back then. He probably can't front on him. I don't even think he put Cena over at this point. Like, I just think, I don't know, man. The it's a problem. It's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's, it's a problem because if somebody's this unbeatable, it's like, well, who's to say, why can't he win the title again? And if you put the title back on, well, he's your attraction, but why is he not on any shows? He only shows up for, like, one show every couple months. Tough place to be. Looking at the rest of the card, the I don't, like, you were talking about Roman Reigns earlier. They're going to steal the show. I, I don't know, man. He's like, going to steal the show. I'm, his his promos are so stagnant now to me. It's like Yo, I like the whole chair thing. Come sit down, let's talk. I like Reigns better now, man. I'm I'm getting on board. They kind of messed up with not making this guy a heel. You know, I think Reigns should have been a heel. Um, now him being a face and being embroiled with essentially he's been in the same feud since WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like from WrestleMania through SummerSlam, he had the Big Show feud that was pretty bad though. Yeah, nobody cared about that. No. But, now, he, you know, I, I, do we enter a program with Seth Rollins coming out of the Bray Wyatt feud? Is that where we're heading towards? Because, you know, we know Rollins is going to beat Kane this weekend. That's for Gonzalez. Yeah. But does this mean that Reigns goes against Rollins 
for the do we have a program for the next two or three months heading into the Royal Rumble? And I, I think we saw that. We saw the first glimpse of that. With was Rollins, yeah, was Rollins bouncing and not getting the tag and all of that. I, I think we saw the first glimpse of that feud between them and not even so much Ambrose, but Ambrose is obviously just going to be faded out and played out in that one because Dean gets no love for some reason. No. And he had all the heat coming in as part of the Shield. But I think we see Rollins and Roman feud, and they'll bring up the history there. And it'll be a good feud because I think Roman has gotten way better. Yeah, I'm still not sold on Roman Reigns. and I I don't think he's championship material. I still don't see it. I'm getting there. And plus watching all these old Hell in a Cells and watching The Rock with the Nation of Domination. Like, there's no way you point at that guy and then be like, Rocky is going to be champ in a year. I mean, but His he had Nation the pers- Domination stuff, I was just like, come on, man. It he wasn't even person- that dope. But he had the personality. The but Rock- it was still buried and hidden. Nah. That it- Nation of Domination stuff? Until maybe when he turned on Farouk. Maybe. And he started doing, like, funny I mean, stuff. He turned on Farouk, like, a month after he joined the Nation. It was- the seeds were planted very early that he was the star of the Nation yeah. of Domination. Like, the personality was always there with The Rock. Everybody knew he was eventually going to be a champion. Like, even winning the IC t- title, his early fuse with Triple H, his, you know, when he finally turned face again, his back and forth, like, the personality was there. Reigns doesn't have that appeal. He's not, he doesn't appeal. He's not a funny guy. Reigns, no, he, he's, he's not as funny. There. He's like a pretty boy with no personality. And it's like, at a certain point, you got to have something else to put you over. And... He has to be a heel because his personality is not coming out as a face. Well, a lot of people have to be a heel to come over, like, initially. Yeah. Which is cool. But I think Romans is getting there. And Roman was a heel. The Shield, he was a heel. Yeah, the Shield was and, a heel. As, and as he was just an enforcer. That's yeah. all he really was. But I he's, think he's, he's growing very, past that. And like I said, I would love for the Shield to reunite because Ambrose is doing nothing anyway. Rollins is a champ. And let Roman just rule a, a mid-card title. And I think that would be perfect. Yeah, and they'd be know. the greatest faction ever. I don't know. I don't know if it happens. It rivaled DX. It, it honestly would. I mean, they don't have the per- the personality to rival DX. If they were the Shield, yeah, it's the Shield, the Shield rival DX. Now they don't have Rollins the personality to rival Rollins? New Day. How about that? Oh no! Nah, now you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love the New Day, man. New Day is amazing. I pre-ordered my shirt. I did Unicorn too. Unicorn shirt. I did too. You saw Biggie retweeted. Yeah. Like Biggie knows. He's like, yo, that shirt is hot. <laughs> That's a hot commodity right there. No, nah, but, super dope. But look at it. Okay, so we have the rest of the card. Uh, we have the New Day versus the Dudleys, which, which uh, Xavier Woods is going through a table. Well, yeah, the New Day will go over. They, they should remain with those titles for a, a long time. Um, I don't necessarily see anything changing there. No, there'll be uh, a TLC match in the future, though, and that's what it'll build up to. Well, yeah, we should have that in December pay-per-view or, uh, or Survivor Series, actually. Yeah, Charlotte versus Nikki. Which is a match I've completely forgotten about because I don't care anymore. Okay, Divas Revolution done in your book. All yeah, right. pretty much with Sasha Banks hanging around, it's like I'd like to see Sasha get a – you know Sasha hasn't lost a match yet. At, at all. The Naomi chick's always getting pinned. Yeah. Poor Naomi. Which ho- hopefully suggests that Sasha's going to break away from Team Bad and do her own thing. Yeah. I mean, Paige is gone. So let's break these girls up. I feel like the food is about to get passed out. We are uh, in a, a restaurant. Yeah, we're at Tap Rest- at the MGM tap. Grand. Restaurant and bar at the MGM Grand. And the UFC is nice enough to treat us media to a meal. After this, and I feel like we're missing it by doing this podcast. Well, look, so I'm looking over my shoulder. Let's run down the rest of this. this The order, right? All right, just keep the tab on that. Make sure you know (laughs) we ain't missing the food in the background. We hungry over here. So I mean, the other thing Um, we got, we got Kevin Owens and Ryback. Owens should go back over. uh, Hopefully hopefully clean. 
Yeah, I'm tired of him that cheating. power bomb was uh, Mark beautiful. Henry? Uh, Mark hey, Henry. Credit to Mark Henry for finding the strength to push himself up high enough to go to hit the ground. Like, as he man. was up there. Yeah. That's athleticism. It truly is. Yeah, for a man that size, like, because Kevin Owens ain't doing that by himself. Right. And he didn't get much momentum off of those ropes. So that was like a straight vert. Kevin Owens caught him. Beautiful pop-up power. So let's make a prediction. Who's John Cena going to be facing in the open challenge? Man, um, I'm going with Dolph Ziggler. I, I think Ziggler comes back out. That's a good pick. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to – I would hope that it would be Cesaro because I, I think Cesaro needs a title one, run. Um, but I'm going to say Ziggler too. I'm going to suggest Ziggler. Uh, we see that Wharton's out now with an injury. Wait a minute. Dean Ambrose. Ambrose, oh, Ambrose is, isn't doing anything. No, because Orton's out with a shoulder injury, so that match with the Wyatt family is now off. So Ambrose has nothing to do. Put him in there with Cena. Have him if he beats Cena clean, that's huge. Oh, and takes the title. That's great. That's that's then huge. you get that former Shield triple threat WrestleMania build up going. Yeah, or Royal Rumble build up. So all three of them could just go at it. I'm all for that. I'm all. No, for that'd that. be great. Um, who else do we have? We have this six man tag. With Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, pre-show, I don't care. No, just no keep it moving. Stuff? No. All right. Look, you're a hater on this card. <laughs> and that's pretty much all the matches. Rollins, Kane. Yeah, Rollins goes over clean. He goes over clean. Do we get a cash in? No. I don't know if Sheamus is ever going to cash that damn thing. He's just going to let it expire. Just he's carry it. Be the first yeah. person to let it expire. Yeah, he'll have a. Or a, he'll cash in the Monday Night Raw before the next Money in the Bank. Yeah, then he'll lose. Like he'll he's <laughs> he's got to lose. He's. Such a waste. He's horrible right now. All right, cool. So that's what we had this week. Uh, we didn't have any NXT stuff. Nah, we got about. NXT today. Nothing really much to talk about. The Evolve deal, we got to see how that's going to play out, which is new. Which is great. Um, there's some really good talent down at Evolve. We yes. saw Sami Zayn down there. Yeah, well, he's cutting a promo, putting yep. some guys over. I mean, Gargano's still there. I mean, you have Zack Sabre Jr., who I hope gets the call up soon. But Evolve is basically what NXT was supposed to be now. Yep. NXT has turned into its own company. Evolve is now they're going to be the new developmental for indie talent, which I foresee happening, which will be fun. Hopefully, the, you know, they televise something on the network. Uh, we can kind of take it from there. Yeah, no, that should be good. So let's take a break. Let's get some food. Yeah, we'll come, we come back and talk, back, talk USC, Triple G. Boxing. We're going to talk Triple G. Triple G. Yeah, all, everybody who oh. said the Triple G is not real, I hope you changed your mind after that ass whooping Lucky he gave Lucky we don't got glasses me. on this week. You know he was just hating on Triple G. Hate on, on Floyd Mayweather. Where's the Mexican style? He was airing it out. Right. So when we come back, we're talking Triple G. Stay tuned. What up, loudspeaker family? What's up? It's your man Ice-T. And I'm the co-host McBenzo. And we're here to tell you that if you love podcasts like the Combat Jack Show, the Tax Season, the Brilliant Idiots, Fan Bros, and the Corner, yeah, then you're definitely going to want to check out our podcast, The Final Level Podcast. The Final Level Podcast is where you're going to get to talk about the latest movies, games, TV shows, and sports, but delivered from two OGs who give less than zero fucks about how you feel. We don't hold shit back on this podcast. It's, it's the, the hardest, hardest podcast, podcast on earth. On iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, which is real close to Snitcher, but it ain't. And YouTube, right here on the Loudspeaker Network, the number one podcast network on earth. Church. All right, everybody, we are back and well-fed. Thank you again to the UFC. This has been a good media day. Yeah, man, I'm full. Yeah, this is this is media food done right. 
Indeed. Tap had amazing food. Uh, you can check out my IG at Kel Dansby to see my delicious burger. Food and porn. Andreas Hell Sissy Salad. Now I had a Thai chicken salad. I'm trying to eat right, man. I'm trying to lose some weight. I got to be healthy. I'm getting old. <laughs> Brunch, bingo, and then now you try to get healthy. Yeah, man. What's wrong with being healthy? Nothing wrong with that, man. Everybody else that wants to juice and stuff. That's your, that's your next thing? No what? juice? Nah. Fuck all that. You right? Yeah. We got to go to brunch this weekend. You can't sissy out on brunch. We'll see. We'll see if you go. Oh, I'll, look we'll see at if I go. I don't he even doesn't know. even want brunch anymore. You done changed hey. on me. Let's talk about Triple G. We came back to talk about Triple G. Let's talk about Triple G. Him versus David Lemieux. Put on the show. Just dismantled him. Did what you said he was going to do. Yeah. And people are still not happy. I don't know what more people want. I don't know. Like, Triple G went in there, pumped the jab, showed that he could box. So that he was a very good defensive fighter by getting away from Lemieux's power shots and pretty much finished him off. Like I said on my Twitter beforehand, watch for the body shots. It's going to end Lemieux's night. And those body shots were killing him. He didn't have to throw a lot of them. He just had to show him, like, you come in close, I'm going to kill your intestines. Stay back, eat this jab. Made it a rough night. But people, I don't, we got and people throwing shit on the floor over yeah, here. Yeah, plates so dropping. The question is, that was your salad, too, by the way. Was it? Yeah. Oh, well. The end to my salad. R.I.P. <laughs> um, so the question is, like, what more do y'all want to see from Triple G before y'all b- believe in this man and how good he is? They want to see him against better competition, but better competition won't fight him. So so now what? Like, I've been trying to say to people that they say that Ward wants to fight him. Andre Ward does not necessarily want to fight Triple G. Like, his team wants him to move up, which is about to be announced probably – by the time you hear this podcast, it should be in cement that Andre Ward has moved up to light heavyweight, will take two fights, and will be fighting Sergey Kovalev the end of 2016, early 2017. That is not indicative of a man who's going to fight Gennady Golovkin. No, that is very true. I mean, but why move down to fight someone that dangerous? Maybe he just feels comfortable at a higher weight. No, I, I think so, but that's and what I'm saying. Don't blame Triple G for this. No, no. no blame um, Andre Ward for this. Triple this is G his body type. very comfortable and just run that division. No, he's going to br- break Bernard Hopkins' record. But he's not going to be comfortable just sitting in that division. Well, he's not going to stay there. He's going to clear it out, get his title. He'll move up eventually to 168. Eventually it'll happen. Or he'll but move he, down. He could move down. I mean, he's 30. What is he, 33? Yeah. You know, it's like the way he carries his weight is different than other fighters. He's not a fat kid. You know, he doesn't blow up after a fight. He pretty much walks into camp weighing around 167 and then drops seven pounds to fight. So we're not looking at Andre Ward Triple G. Andre Ward's going to have his hands full trying to get his career back on track and make himself relevant again. And in the interim, you know, have a fight with Sergey Kovalev, which is no walk in the park. Triple G, on the other hand, has guys running from him. Miguel Cotto's not coming near this fight if Cotto beats Canelo. If Cotto wins, I can see him taking a fight. At 160? Again, at 160. No way. Cotto doesn't uh, fight at 160. No, no, at 154. Sorry. What, who, what makes you think Triple G is going to come down and wait to fight Miguel Cotto? Building that pay-per-view brand? Because we just saw him sell 150 pay-per-views. 150,000 yeah. pay-per-views. Beating Cotto, who is always a draw. You're going to sell out MSG again or the Barclays. You're going to make good gate like you just did. You know you can sell 150 by yourself because no one knew who David Lemieux was necessarily. And now Cotto brings that added ambiance into it. So now you can sell 400000 with Cotto, and then next time you go by yourself, you can sell 300000 And it's just building up the resume. Well, here's why it doesn't happen. 
because Miguel Cotto campaigns as a middleweight, has a middleweight title, and he Triple G, his team is not going to concede to fight at a catchweight for a middleweight title. Triple G is more concerned with unifying the titles right now and becoming the undisputed middleweight champion. Which is great. Which is what he should be doing, while Miguel Cotto is busy carrying a title that he doesn't really defend. Which is not fair to anybody who's a middleweight that you have to come down to fight Miguel Cotto. Yeah. At a lighter weight. You pay the sanction and fees to be that champ, you defend that title at that weight. So Cotto's team needs to make a decision. If they beat Canelo, you get rid of that title. Or you make a handshake deal behind the scenes, say no matter what happens, we're having a trilogy, Canelo. We're fighting three times. We're both staying away from Triple G. Because Oscar smart. De La Hoya didn't see too enamored to put Canelo in there with Triple G either. No. no one wants to be in there with Triple G. Triple G just has to make it so that they can no longer run. Well, We thought this was the fight that was going to do it, but it didn't. I mean, it, it's tough, man. I mean, I guess the – and we'll, we'll talk about this next is – the Triple G Roman Gonzalez World Tour needs to continue. <laughs> you keep putting these two guys on the same card where they beat ass and kick ass and whoever they fight because it looks like Chocolatito's going to fight Estrada again in the next fight, and nobody's familiar with Estrada. No. Who but that's going to be a great fight. Who's a great fighter. But you gotta, you're going to have to continue to pair these two together. And next time... Chocolatito, I think people are now they're opening their eyes to him. So here's a good question for you, Kel. Were you more impressed with Triple G's performance or Chocolatito's? Triple G's. So who's the number one pound for pound fighter in boxing right now? Chocolatito's the number one pound for pound fighter. That that doesn't mean that on that specific night he wasn't impressive. He did what I expected and kind of won how I expected. How do I say that? Triple G, I expected him to go in and later in the fight he ultimately broke him down with the body shots. And I thought he was gonna throw body shots and right hooks and cut off the ring. But Triple G used range. Right. He used movement. He moved around the ring. He didn't have to cut him off. He let Lemieux chase him and walk into the jab. He did stuff that I didn't expect him to do. He, used, so he showed his amateur experience. He dismantled him in a completely different way. And for other fighters, um, Glassy said this. He was like, oh, you promised me a, a Mexican style. Like, where's the Mexican style? He looks like Mayweather in the ring. The difference is when Triple G does that, he still breaks people. He's yeah. just beating the hell out of guys with a Mayweather style because he hits that hard. The jab is that hard. It's like a power punch. So he could dance around the ring, and you're still just getting crushed, and you don't know what to do. That, therein lies your problem with fighting Triple J. If he fights your amateur style, he's still going to beat your ass. If yeah, you fight Mexican style, he's still going to beat got, your ass. You got hands of stone. So, so it's like, what do you do? You know, it's like, what do you do against a guy like Triple G? Because now you've seen... Well, people who, didn't, who weren't aware that he had an amateur pedigree saw what he could do with an amateur pedigree. So if you're fighting him, it's like, what do you do? Well, going back, I'm not suggesting Triple G is, a, is the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet. I still think it goes to Chocolatito. But how much longer will that last if they're on the same card, Chocolatito is the co-main, and Triple G has better performances? Uh, it's Triple G. <laughs> it seems like it's only a matter of time before he claims yeah, that number one spot. Definitely. But to me, Chocolatito, there's no one that you can say around him that he's not going to fight or that he can't fight. No one around him necessarily is dodging him because they can't. Triple G, they're just going to say he's not number one pound for pound because he hasn't fought Canelo, because he hasn't fought Ward, all this stuff. Regardless if it's not his fault, it's but it's still going to keep him from being pound for pound number one. Kovalev now is going to remove that. So the reason Kovalev isn't number one pound for pound is because he hasn't fought Ward, because he hasn't fought Stevenson. In the next year, he might have a chance to fight both. And yeah. then he'd be number one. So it's really 
how can you stop other people from dodging you so you can prove you're the best pound for pound? It's a, it's tough, man. Like Chocolatito, he fights. He's a flyweight. There's really there's not not even really names there that you could say like, oh well, he's gonna give him a threat. Because I said Estrada, and about seventy percent of our listeners like, who the fuck is Estrada? <laughs> And he's a great fighter, but nobody knows who he is. Had to do their Googles. There are well-known names that are not going to fight Triple G. You know, hopefully this Kovalev-Ward fight does happen. I'm hearing that Kovalev may be fighting Pascal in January, which is a fight that I don't think anybody really wants to see, but who else is going to put Kovalev in there with? Yeah, I mean, it's better than, a, I guess, a tuna can warm-up. And that's what Andre Ward's going to have, by the way. He's going to oh, yes. have two tuna cans and then Kovalev. Kovalev will at least fight people with uh, some background pedigree leading up to the Ward fight. Can, can we just admit that Andre Ward's been his worst enemy? Ever since he won the Super 6 and beat up on Chad Dawson, his stock should have been through the roof. Instead, what Andre Ward has done is had a complete mismanagement of his career. Horrible. Where he should be the number one pound-for-pound fighter, but he's not active. Whether it was injuries or contract disputes with Goosen, now he's in a position where you know he, he's probably going to end up playing second fiddle to Canelo and Cotto fighting a bum. You fought on BET against the bum. It's like, what are you doing? Like, as good as you are, there's no reason to fight these softballs. Even at, at light heavyweight, go fight Pascal. Yeah, come get someone of name. Fight someone Kovalev is beaten. Yeah, do something. Just retreads. I don't – go get a belt. Do something. Do That's something. all I'm saying. As, as good as Andre Ward is. Listen, I don't think Adonis would fight Kovalev. And then, once again, just their promotions and stuff is too different. Yeah. But being with Rock Nation, it shows that you can kind of intertwine both the HBO, Showtime, PBC thing, and you're kind of like the free agent and everything. Right. So go fight Adonis. He's 38. People just think he's a, a flashy knockout puncher. He can't box, people say. Then go box circles around him, take his belt, and bring that to the Kovalev fight. Unfortunately, that won't happen because he's about to sign a deal with HBO. It's over. He's about to be, be Rock Nation signing a deal with HBO. Those prospects are all gone. Because Heyman's not going to play ball with anybody no, who's no, fighting no. at HBO. That, that would have had to been pre-HBO. Yeah, he would have done it. So now you're just in a situation where you're going to fight two cans to be comfortable with light heavyweight and eventually take on Kovalev, who at that point I consider Kovalev the favorite, unfortunately, because it's Ward moving up in weight to face a guy who's a heavy puncher who's shown that he's a great boxer. So I don't know, man. I, like Ward's career has just become this, this paradox of nonsense. It's a laughing stock at this point. The best thing he does is commentate. Yeah, and he doesn't even do he that. He doesn't that do well. that great. <laughs> so it's like you know, you call it, you try to make some some buzz on your name by saying Triple G didn't want the fight, which is just like you haven't earned. You've given up your spot as a draw, as a fighter. We know you're great, but as a draw, nobody cares about you anymore, and you're not doing anything to help yourself out. And if you're not doing numbers, you're not doing anything. That's that's really all there is to it. That's the name of the game. Not doing numbers, not doing anything. Um, let's talk about this UFC card real quick. Which we want to talk about? Up, Duffy Ireland. and Poirier. Duffy. All right. um, that's an interesting fight, though. It's a good fight because Duffy's got great stand-up. He's the last guy to beat Conor McGregor, and he's fighting a guy, Dustin Poirier, who's lost to Conor McGregor, but it has always looked like he was too big for featherweight, so he's fighting yeah. at lightweight. Um, and I don't know that that McGregor fight was so quick. Well, for I mean. Poirier. It was a rough night. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so quick. So I wasn't I don't know ready. If something was wrong. He wasn't on his game. Now he got clipped. That's all there was to it. He got and clipped. And yeah, he can make whatever excuse he wants, but he looks better at this weight. Like he you does. said, and he's been taking people out, and his punches are hitting way harder. 
But then Duffy, I haven't seen Duffy lose. I haven't seen Duffy look bad yet. So it's like I, I don't know what to expect from Duffy necessarily. Poirier has a background in the UFC of doing these things. So it's really a toss-up fight. Dana White said Duffy has perfect stand-up. Perfect. And, I've, you know, we've seen him fight. He does. I mean, the guy is really, really, really good. Um, you know, it's going to be exciting watching how hyped up those fans are in Ireland because this Ireland rush is real. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like they got some real fighters, some real talent <clears throat> over there. So They're not here to take part. They're here to take over. Yeah, they're not playing games. And it's see like, Becky Lynch drop that in a promo? Yeah. I went nuts. I was like, yeah. It's, hey, <laughs> it, it's going to be fun. And I kind of I'm, I'm leaning towards Duffy in that fight, even though I think Poirier is, is he's always been a diamond in the rough. He's always been the guy that you figured would be competing for a world title, but he's just kind of ran into the wrong fighters at the wrong time. No, definitely. And the rest of the card is packed full of, like, Irish fighters. Yeah. Uh, trying to get the, I guess, the gate off of this because it's a fight pass fight. And after this, it's kind of like now we get to turn, look forward to Ronda and then Connor, and we're just getting a packed lineup from the UFC coming in the next month. Well, yeah. I mean, one of the big deals this past week is the fact that they've added if you hear a noise in the background, it's because the Jays and the, and the Royals game is on where we're at. So they're not cheering for us. Yeah, no. Forever Royal, though. Shout out to my peoples in Kansas City. <laughs> but uh, the fact the Sage Northcutt has been added to the Paige Van Zandt fight pass card. Paige Van Zandt versus Joanne Calderwood. Um, which makes this, like, I feel like it's an in-sync tour. With, <laughs> you got two good-looking people on the card as the headliner and the co-headliner. And they're not even on a pay-per-view. They're not. They're on a fight pass card. Subscriptions should go off for fight pass for just this fight. Just this one. Because the Calder with Van Zandt is a good fight. And if you're coming to Vegas and you don't have a ticket for the Connor fight, buy a ticket for Thursday. Yeah, it'll so be at cheap. At the Cosmo, beautiful venue, not as expensive, great fights. You, you'll get a chance to look at two people from NSYNC, two, a boy band and a girl, girl group. Go ahead and punch. They should both win their Listen, fights. Listen, a year from now, a year and a half from now, you could be looking at two future UFC champions. It's possible. Sage Northcutt has a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, you just um, never know. I mean, get on bandwagon early. Well, the, my only concern with Sage Northcutt is he's in a tough division, the lightweight division. And at 19, yeah, he's showing a lot. But you fighting measured guys, you, you get in there with a, you know, a talent like Cerrone or somebody who can break you down because Kevin Lee's calling him out. Yeah. Kevin Lee's been calling him out, and the UFC's not ready to feed Sage Northcutt to Kevin Lee because Kevin Lee might break him down. Kids never had a real training camp. No, he's just kind of like he was like, all right, I'm gonna stop going to class today. Like he's he's not he can't drink alcohol. Yeah, he's got and picked it, a great team though. And well, now he gets you know GSP is always in the gym. He gets to be around GSP. R Rory's gonna be back. It's a good team, especially for his talents. Well, I think the one thing that I noticed today, especially talking to Robbie Law and Carlos Condit, is that fighters aren't peaking at young ages. Fighters are peaking well into their 30s. When you're young, you fight a different kind of fight. Like, Robbie Lawler didn't peak until he passed 30. Like, Carlos Condit's in the same boat. He just passed 30, and he's become a more complete scary fighter. scary how young Rory McDonald still is. Yeah, it is. But, like, Sage Northcutt at 19, like, if your prime years are past 30, like, you're fighting your best fights in your 30s, that's 11 years from now. Scary. You know? You look at guys like Max Holloway, who came in young. He was the youngest fighter on the UFC at the time, and... He got beat by Conor McGregor. He got beat by Dustin Poirier. But now he looks like a world beater. Yep. He's a different fighter. So it's like with Northcutt, you got to expect him to lose at some point before, you know, in his, in his early to mid-20s and then get it together and become a better fighter. It's just how does he deal with it when he finally does lose because it's almost inevitable. Yeah, and he doesn't strike me as a guy who's lost much. No. Yet. Uh, before we get out of here, because it is a quick show, yep. and we had to do so much stuff beforehand that we kind of condensed the show this week. 
Did you see the John Jones, like, Twitter beef real quick? Try to sub DC again? I mean, I need him to stop. <laughs> I need John Jones to stop and chill for a minute. Because the reality is, is that Cormier has had a, he's had a rough couple of years in terms of fights. Even though he's a champ, all he's fought was elite-level competition. For at least three years now. You know, he didn't do cocaine. He didn't run over pregnant <laughs> women. He fought. And even though, you know, we will say that John Jones is the hypothetical champion, yo, John, shut the fuck up and let this fight happen. Nah, DC's earned it now. Like, there is no hype. Like, DC's the real champ. Yeah, show he that man some Gus. respect. He beat Rumble. He beat the best in his division outside of John, and John's not in his division right now because no. John's not in any division. Now, John is still suspended. You know, and this is what I said when, when people said I was crazy for saying that John Jones is deserving a media title shot. But what are we teaching John Jones by giving him an immediate title shot? Because it's not like boxing where you come to the ring with your belts. The visual of not having your title and having somebody else hold your title is not there if you fight Cormier again. So what did you really pay? Because you could be injured and be out for a year. So what oh, price yeah. did you really pay if you get to jump right back in the title picture with somebody that you already beat? And then people say, well, don't use his outside of the ring to penalize him. Well, that's what got him in this position in the first place. Yeah, you have to take that into account. So giving him an immediate title shot, who's to say he doesn't fuck this off again? Which is why I say that John Jones should fight a Rumble Johnson or Alexander Gustafson before he gets a Cormier. And you look at what John is doing now, his behavior looks a lot like John's behavior before Nothing all this has shit. changed. He hasn't learned anything. DC had to tell him, grow up. You're not a kid. Right. Like, he learned nothing. I'm just, I don't know, man. John, John just doesn't strike me as a person who's going to learn from his mistakes. He's never going to learn. You know? <laughs> Before we do get out of here, there's a couple of things I want to say WTF to. Um, Nia Jax's NXT outfit. Why, what do they have Nia Jax wrestling in? Because no, she's she, not that fat. And, and when you look at her other picture, she's not that she's fat. She's not that fat. But that picture is not, those, that outfit is not flattering. Not at all. She looked like a horrible clown at a kid's party. Like the one you hired for like 25 bucks. Like, I don't understand. Bad. Someone sent me the Aladdin carpet, like next to her. Said it's a whole new world. I was dying. Because that's exactly what her outfit looks like. Why did they change from the black leather, like dope outfits that we saw before? Right, I, I and don't I didn't understand. even like that necessarily. I was like, oh, but I got it. They're trying to paint her as a monster heel. The all black, the bad makeup. I was like, well, she's prettier than they let on. But I can see it. There's a mean streak. Then yeah. she comes out looking like a clown and smiling. That shit ain't cool. Yeah, this doesn't make this doesn't that make any sell. sense. All um, the creepy promos you did are wasted. Yeah. So that's my one WCF. My other one is, I guess Rusev didn't get punished because on Raw, he's the one who got the pinfall against Dolph Ziggler, who had nothing to do with anything. It seems like Ziggler was getting punished for Rusev and Lana outing out their relationship. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Kayfabe is dead, man. See, so I, I I'm sorry. Wrestling purists, kayfabe is dead. Like, it's it's the past. People want reality TV. That's why Total Divas does so well. They don't want, like, if John Cena got in an angle where now him and Summer Rae are dating, it's not going to be believable. People don't give a damn about that. But him and the Bellas is real. So if him and Nikki are going at it, or they have an angle in there where he asks her to marry him and she leaves him or someone takes her, that's real. People want that hint of reality. Yeah. And just give them reality. Kayfabe is dead. It's, we see it all the time. And people have enough history now where you don't need it. So, so, sidebar, it seems like we're getting Tyler Breeze on the main roster soon. That's a home run, by the way, in the background. By the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, 
Shout out to everybody in Toronto. Good luck. Six. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If Drake, is Drake going to make a Hotline Bling remix if Toronto wins? <laughs> anyway, um, so Tyler Breeze is somewhere where it looks like it could be a thing on the main roster. In which I'm surprised to see Tyler Breeze move up. He just got in this feud with well, I mean, d- damn, Joe. he's toiled in the – well, see, there, there was going to be my other what WCF. Yeah. Tyler Breeze is due to come to the main roster. With Summer Rae, it makes sense. The timing is perfect. Yeah. Is that Summer Rae's found a new man who is Tyler Breeze. I don't know if that turns Rusev face. I don't know if they keep Summer Rae heel. I don't know how that works. But then I said, well, well what the hell was that whole Battle Royal thing to have Tyler Breeze pull Samoa Joe out if you're not going to use it as an angle? Yeah, uh, unless he double duties. Because, once again, you film those in advance. Right. It seems like they made double duty like yeah, Kevin Owens did. Yeah, you three in a row, like two nights. Yeah. Four, four shows in two nights or something. So that's cool. Tyler Breeze's schedule isn't going to be messed up. Only thing he has to do is come back for the NXT special. Lose to Joe and be gone. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. And then, you know, I was going to say a WTF to Andre Ward, but we already talked about that. His whole career is a what the fuck at this point. <laughs> Yo, this week has just been full, full with crazy shit. Um, so much that I can't remember. Like, Twitter, once again, is going crazy. People are doing wild shit. I mean, in music, we didn't even get to talk about some of the dope albums that dropped. Joe Budden's great. Joe Budden's uh, All Love Lost, amazing. Yeah. Uh, both of the games albums, Documentary 2 and 2.5, incredible in which i'm glad i didn't lead off with this because people would have just crushed me so if they're still listening 40 minutes in it's okay because they don't have a chance to and we'll here be it out comes and off air here it comes this is better the game's two albums is better than compton and kendrick's by the way yeah on that note this show is going to end the documentary 2.0 is better than compton you're crazy and then 2.5 is better than kendrick you're, you're nuts 2.5 is more la than kendrick's is you're, you're absolutely have lost your fucking mind and I'm Put glad it on. The music don't lie. Listen. And it's, you can't say it's not dope. No, it's dope. But to dope. say it's better than Kendrick's album. It's definitely better than Compton. Can you give me that? Better than Compton? Better than Compton. Nah. Hands down. Nope. I won't give you that. The DJ Quick song is crazy on two. Uh, no, it's really dope, but not better than. Nope. And not better than To Pimp a Butterfly. You've lost your goddamn mind. Musically. Musically, absolutely better not. Better than To Pimp a Butterfly. Nope. Why would you do this at the end of the show? I don't have time to sit here and go back truth. and forth. And people nope. like, oh, it's the game, blah, blah, blah. And the game always drops dope albums. I don't care what anyone says. He's a very dope MC, but you just created something that doesn't need to be there. Because he's, listen, I'm not saying he's a better rapper than Kendrick. I'm not. Because he is rap chameleon. Whoever you put the game on a track with or whatever beat it is, he'll take their style and rap like that. And that's what he does. So he's not a better rapper. He's kind of like Weird Al, the rap version. Like he's a black Weird Al, which is cool because he makes great songs. And those songs are better than the Kendrick songs. Nah. Like, as a, as a, as a project as a whole, what it symbolizes, like... Okay, doc- I know the historical No, we're not even talking about historical. Wise. We're talking about musically, it's just... A, Kendrick's album is just a better album. It's a better put-together album that they'll be talking about, and we won't be talking about the documentary in five years. We won't be talking about documentary. But we will be talking about The Pimp Butterfly. As Kendrick gets ready to train, that's, tra- well, that's as, his thing. As Kendrick gets ready to do this tour with the live band, and last night he I believe he performed in D.C. with the the orchestra, it just gives a whole new dynamic to it. Oh, that it's built for that, yeah. That's, but that's that's what I'm saying. That's like, great. Game's got a great album on his hands, and I, I, I agree with you. It's one of the best albums this year, but it's not. And he's mm-hmm. not going to do with it what Kendrick's going to do with it. He's not going to have the live band. He's no. not going to tour. He's not going to have a million guest relevance. appearances. How about that? It's just way too many guest spots to say it's better than that project. But every song is different. That's what makes it so dope. Like, 2.5 is so West Coast. And he just jumps around and get, like, the West Coast flavor from everyone. You get no, the new school West Coast with YG and Mustard. I, I a won't couple tracks. You get the DJ Quick dope. joint. You get E40. Everything is just, like, 
Man, this is so West Coast. It's dope. Yeah, it's a great album. But you just went on a limb on some bullshit. And we'll end the show with that. And we'll probably pick this up next week because I'm sure we're going to get people on on social media. Tell the truth, people. Tell the truth. Just open your ears. Tell the truth. You know I'm right. You're the same guy who also said you didn't need to see Stevie Wonder live. So I'll leave people with that. And, yeah. Poof goes your credibility. Go, Go for it. Make sure you follow the show at the corner LSN. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Kel Dansby. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, everything. And you can follow me at Andreas Hill. We'll we'll talk to you guys next week. We'll have a little bit longer show. But, uh, yeah, we'll probably kick off the show with Kel's nonsensical statements. (laughs) All right. See you next week. We're out. Peace.